You're listening to Blue Collar CEO, the podcast that's all about helping you build a better, more profitable, and more sustainable home service business. Each week, we will cover a different topic that'll help you enable your company to move forward to success. And here's your host, Ryan Redding. What is up, Blue Collar CEOs? It's Ryan. It's great to be with you today. Uh, man, it's been it's been a crazy week in our office. I hope it's been good for you. Uh, real quick, before we get into today's episode, because this is something that's really important for us, uh, if you haven't left us a review, please take a second, review us wherever you're listening right now, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, well, all the podcasty things. Leave us a review. We love hearing from you. We like seeing your feedback, and it's really helpful for men and women like you to find our show in the future. For today, uh, a lot of you know how important it is to hire, to draw awareness to the importance of the trades. Uh, we're going to be talking with someone who actually does this for a living and help contractors just like you gain exposure, maximize your influence in local schools so that more people will consider career paths in the trades and see just how amazing it is. We're going to also be talking about some things that you can do today that will help leverage those things. So let's hop on in. Kate, this is uh, this is something that I'm really glad that we get to spend some time talking about because the work that you're a part of is really important, really meaningful, and I want to do whatever I can to help spread the word about what you guys are doing. But for those who don't know about you or explore the trades, tell us, who are you? What do you do? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, this is awesome. My name is Kate Cinemo, and I'm the executive director of Explore the Trades. And Explore the Trades is a nonprofit. And our focus is to bridge that technical talent gap to the plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical trades in a nutshell. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit more. I've been in this position for about five years. And like so many people, I think, you know, I'm following in so many footsteps of learning about the trades and really learning to appreciate the legacy that these trades have in our country. And I'm excited to carry that forward to the next generation. Are you, so you say you've been in the position for five years. Is that your role as the ED or is that like within the trades as a whole, like more specifically? Sure. Sure. No, I've been in this role as the executive director for five years. Got it. Do you have any background in the trades before that? Like how did you like stumble into that seat? Yeah. So I wish I had a really exciting story, uh, but uh, but I can tell you that prior to my coming to this position, I was in the senior housing and healthcare industry for over 10 years. So not on the clinical side, but rather working in grant management, community relations development. So doing that kind of work and like so many people was just ready for a career change and had found this position on LinkedIn and my first thought was, oh my gosh, I can't believe that there's an organization to advance plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical. You know, I mean, you never think about that. And and I, do, and I don't have experience in the trades. I don't have family in the industry. So this was really a 180 for me. But it's, it's so interesting hearing you even explain kind of your journey being like from outside the trades coming inside of the trades, because in your role which is about tr- trying to fill that like that skill gap and the awareness gap even the fact that you are not enmeshed with the trade universe coming into it like gives you a more cold perspective of like you see all the gaps right because you were common joe public 
Joanne public. I'm not sure what the <laughs> gender equivalent of that is, but the idea of like being it's uh, you don't. Uh, I think for a lot of people, if you're in a specific line of work or specific industry for long enough, you stop seeing your own like environment from the outside. Right. So right. You, it's more difficult to see those challenges, but you seem like you come in innately uh, able to see those better because you weren't so deeply enmeshed in the trade world. Would you agree? I would. I, I think that's a really fair statement. I would say, you know, within the first, I'll say, year of this role, you know, like you said, coming in really cold turkey to the industry and to all those all the nuances that come with it. And I think my experience and learning is very reflective of what other people go through when they are learning about the trades, specifically plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical, not to mention all of these other vocations, right, that live within that space. And I think my experience coming on board, I'm learning just like everybody else's you know, of all of the, how the business runs, how the industry runs, things that you wouldn't even think of that these men and women do that keep us running, so to speak. Yeah. Right. So how much uh, for Explore the Trades, like um, when you're, when you're talking about it, it's it's interesting when, when you talk to people who are nonprofits because they have these like such uh, flexible sort of roles and very precise ways they have to fit with other uh, either service providers or partners to help like do the work that they're about doing. If you were if you were to talking to somebody, let's just say that they run a plumbing or an HVC or an electrical shop, like mm-hmm. let's just say that they're a contractor. Yeah. How would how would you describe the benefit? and the work that Explore the Trades has in a way that they would go, oh, holy crap, that's really cool. Yeah, that's a good question. I think, and, and this is based off of other conversations that I've had with contractors, it, is that we all know and we're learning and we've heard so much about the skilled gap over the last two to three years specifically, and I think it became stronger when... COVID hit, you know, back in 2020. And I think that as I would describe it, I would see Explore the Trades as sort of a first line of defense for those contractors. Because when you are running the business, you don't have time to create material to take to a high school fair. You don't have the time and perhaps the resources to to design items that help tell the story as to why someone should pursue these trades. And a lot of the content that we have available on our website, videos, downloads, those sorts of things came out of conversations that I've had with contractors saying, hey, Kate, I'm going to a high school career fair. What should I talk about? Do you have anything I can use? And so that that gets our wheels spinning to say, how can we tell the story in a nutshell to that demographic? What's going to make the most impact? And I know that we have several contractors that we've worked with, you know, throughout North America who have used part of our content either on their website, on their careers page. They've used it at home and garden shows, you know, so so it's there to be a resource to help them introduce what they do. Got it. Do you do much work directly on behalf of the contractors or maybe the trades as like a collective with uh, like local departments of education, like at a state level or school districts? Or is your do you feel like your focus is more on 
empowering and resourcing and leveraging the trades community to help advocate position, make those relationships and inroads. Like, does that question make sense? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, if related to something specific that's happening in a community with a contractor, we want to empower them to make those connections first and foremost, because they are a business in the community. And I think those relationships travel further, you know, those are stronger in terms of conversations with school districts and, and department of education. Those are really, how would I describe that? We're having those with other schools be and, and it really depends on, what the school wants to do, like how they're building their trades education. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so that's really cool. So, so primarily it's about helping, helping equip people on the local level uh, to help like make those inroads, make those connections, leverage the relationship they already have in the community, um, which is huge. And to your point, like, um, Someone in a small town USA, they're going to have more contacts with people um, being in that community than somebody in the outside would or somebody at a state level would. It'd just be a much more difficult road to navigate. What do you feel like in your, for Explore the Trades, um, what do you see are the biggest challenges that you have, not necessarily as an organization per se, but as in helping accomplish your mission of, of closing that skill gap? So with us wanting to help close that skill gap, we know that the biggest market that we have, you know, we're looking at students in high school. All of the work that we do is focused on those people who are new to the industry. And, and, that, and that can encompass a lot of people that can encompass middle school students, high school, you know, those who are changing careers, maybe they're they're having a second go at whatever they want to do. You know, we're thinking of parents and we, we want to get into those audiences and we know that those audiences regenerate year over year. And I think the biggest challenge is, and this could, this is a whole other conversation is, you know, we're trying to fulfill that knowledge gap where there has been such a lagging, um, such a lack, let's say. So the, you know, I think the best way I can describe it is, you know, when you and I were in high school, there probably wasn't a lot of conversation about pursuing a vocation outside of high school versus oh, it going- was college. It was yes. college first, four-year degree first. Yep. Always, always. And the perception of if you were going to a two-year school, you know, it was okay, not the greatest, right? And heaven forbid if you were going right into the workforce. So in my mind, I think the perfect storm the perfect storm happened while we were in high school. You know, for a generation, you had all of these educators promoting four-year college. So in that instance, we're promoting four-year college. We're taking out tech ed classes. You know, I bet mm-hmm. you and I both mm-hmm. had auto shop and wood shop and all of those things that expose oh, no. students. <laughs> not at my school, no. Oh. <laughs> we were not that cool. Not at all. <laughs> and And you had... Schools making the whole education system making these huge changes. And in that, we've lost an entire generation of kids who would have been exposed to the trades. So there's you, a challenge. Yeah, that's, I totally see that. And that's, um, 
and this is not a political statement. It's just the reality of the uh, the economics and the lay of the land is uh, because you know I've read some interesting papers about in part because of moves like this where uh, late eighties, nineties, early twenty aughts. This sort of like college first, everything else is like tertiary or more. Uh, your focus is go to school, go to school, go to college specifically. Um, not learn a trade, not go to an associate's degree, like four-year degree is the only option, where you had this surge in enrollment, uh, where kids are going into college as 18, 19 years old, no idea on earth what they're going to do with their life, but enrolling because they're told to, uh, getting leveraged with tons of student debt that they don't know how on earth they're going to use like a political science degree in the real world. And I'm not trying to knock poli-sci guys. It's just the idea of like, uh, there's this mismatch of people being tied with like what you want to do practically for your life and for the economy as a whole and the school's ability to facilitate that development path for 17, 18, 19 year olds. So now you have kids like figuring that in year three, oh crap, I don't like being poli-sci. I want to go do music. I don't know. Equally pointless and I'm speaking as someone who has like one of my undergrads is music. So I'm making fun of myself. Um, but the idea is saying, okay, great. So now they're going to four five, six years undergrad racking up debt the entire time. And now we're in a society where the conversation is, uh, student debt has outpaced earning potential and there's this huge like dichotomy. And I think the country as a whole seems to be more prepped to go. Maybe the student loan debt, not that that's the problem per se, but that's a consequence of us uh, falsely and wrongly prioritizing four-year degrees only at the expense of debt and financial health and ignoring totally legit, viable, profitable, needed career options that don't use a traditional academia model. Um, so I totally, I can totally understand uh, the challenge of trying to navigate that, but what a great time. Like, because there's at least a greater level of awareness, I would think. Right, right. No, and I think that's. I think that's. I think that was a really fair way to describe that. And I think that, you know, when when we're looking at all of these vocations, these hands-on vocations, and I'm and I'm talking about all of them, not just the three that we focus on. You know, to your point of college, college, college. You know, it's it's a it's a statement for me to say, I'm not, I'm not dogging on college. I have a four-year degree, graduated with student debt. And I, I think it's fair to say, we're not saying college isn't the right thing. It's a, it's the right thing for some people and not going to college is the right thing for some people. And I think what, what I've learned, and I think how we can help change this perception is, you know, college is seen as the end-all be-all for post-secondary education. and if we were to dial it back and start from square one, if I was going to say, hey, Ryan, here's an apprenticeship. So first of all, we're going to describe what an apprenticeship is. You know, these things have been around since the Middle Ages, right? right this is just right. how, is all how you of these learn to become a blacksmith have, and a leathersmith. Yes, yeah, yes, totally. Yes. And, and I think what people forget or just don't realize is that when you're going through this apprenticeship, that is typically four years of education. And these are highly regulated programs. And this four years, 8,000 hours is very much equal to a bachelor's degree. So I think even there, we can help define and help set the stage for these are not just, oh, 
I've decided I'm going to be an electrician. Let me get my tool bag and then I'm off. That's not how this works. And I think as soon as people realize the education and the critical thinking skills and, you know, all of these skill sets that come into play, I think all of a sudden we've taken the chance to define what a tradesperson is. And it's and that's not who we thought it was. I I think that's really well said. And and I, and it's it's funny because I feel like when I see uh, men and women in the trades on like the various Facebook groups and whatnot, when I hear them like pose this sort of like dichotomy between like oh trade school versus like college, especially as it relates to like the financial portion of it, it there's always a sense of like even with them, it's silly to go to school and how dare you look down on me because I'm trades and I chose this path, but I I truly legit think that there is a growing respect. Uh, encouragement, appreciation, validation for people to do an apprenticeship model. Um, yet, I mean, yes, obviously we're talking about plumbing, HVAC, electrical, things that are like tightly regulated by states, for most states. Um, but also things like, you know, I mentioned blacksmiths and leathersmiths. Like I think there's this growing sort of awareness on these like more historic trade traditions that are starting to kind of get picked up, especially by younger generations who find it, uh, a nice therapy to work with their hands instead of like be staring at a screen, like not knocking screens, but you know, there's this lack of realness sometimes. Tell me, tell me about some of the things that explore the trades is doing. Um, Cause obviously working in schools is a big deal um, for what you're trying to do. Can you tell me some of the things that you're doing that is actually trying to make a difference in schools? I'm really curious to hear about this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, we we want to get in front of educators and really fulfill the gap between workforce and college, you know, and 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 when I'm talking about these things, these are anecdotal, these are conversations that we've learned from those in the education field. Specifically, you know, school counselors, we're looking at that group. And what we've learned is you either have school counselors and school districts who are pro-college or they're pro-workforce, but there's not a lot of overlap. And really? it's it's because of their their training, their continued education. You know, everybody knows how to get to college, but not everybody knows how to start in the trades. And we feel like we have the expertise to help lay that out in a path. So a lot of the information we have online is broken down by state so that you can find licensure, apprenticeship information for your state. So it's right there at your fingertips. So we can help, you know, cut down on the research time because we've already found it. Something else that we've done to help educate the educators, so to speak, is we've created posters. And I know that sounds really simple, but but some of the content we've created. But those educators love their posters. Let's just call it. Poster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love them. Uh, but but what we've done is we've we've taken these career paths for plumbing, HVAC, and electrical, and we've laid it out step by step so that you can easily see at a glance after I graduate or after I get my GED, here's the path that I take. And we started that initiative last August of 2021. And that was in response to a lot of the feedback we were hearing from educators. And uh, just this last week, we have sent over 1,100, which means we have over 1,100 classrooms now who are now outfitted with information. Holy cow. That's really yeah. cool. 
it's really exciting. I know. And posters, who would have thought? But Are you yeah. okay? So um, my wife in a, in a previous life was an educator in a, in a middle school. So frame that for what it is. Um, and I know in, in most every, especially public school environment, like continuing ed or con- like what are they called? Professional development PD. Yep. Like they've like they're required by state legislatures to have to do this. So I know schools are always looking for content to fulfill those professional development requirements. Has explored the trades. Like, are you doing anything to leverage a sort of thing of these schools? Like essentially saying we need something to fit in the slot so that we get our state and federal funding uh, met. No, but I love that idea. Who can I talk to? (laughs) Who can I talk to? (laughs) I'm going to need a quarter every time you talk about this idea, apparently. Um, No, it's just, you know, it's like kind of like news stations. Like I'm just hearing you talk. I'm like every news station person that I know that works in local news, like they're just needing stories nonstop, nonstop. So my exposure with schools is that it's very similar except for PD sort of stuff. So sure. Sure. Well, let Throw me, me a quarter and I'll let me, uh, give let you some me, names. Let me take that down. You know, and I, I think that, you know, and, and it's nice because not to get into some of the, the operations, but after we send out these poster kits, we send a follow-up survey to the person who requested them, whether they're at school, whether they're at a workforce development, you know, we're looking at elementary K through 12. And, you know, we want to know how many kids have seen these posters? What kind of conversations are you having? And it's it's really interesting to see the responses. You know, they're in the lunchroom, they're in the hallway by the library, but there are repeated comments that students will stop, they'll take a look, which in high school, if if I get if I get 10 seconds of their time, that's a win. That's so I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. And if we can again, if we can help tell the story, if we can show a linear path of what that growth looks like and what to expect you know we've we've really fulfilled that knowledge gap do you do any sort of collaboration or partnerships with like a votech sort of schools like vocational schools anything along those lines we have not you know we've really focused on those students who have not yet graduated so that so they can you know just have another tool in their toolbox so if somebody if somebody's listening right now um and so let's say that they're they're an active contractor. I mean, most people listening are in the home services space. Um, if if they're wanting to know, like, hey, three things that that they could do, or maybe uh, three things that Explore the Trades can do, they would benefit them that they could take action on right now. What might those three things be? Yeah, I think if you are a contractor and would like to learn more, first of all, I would say give us a call. I because I think that's those conversations are the First, you know, the most beneficial uh, thing that we can do to start that conversation. Secondly, on our website, we have an entire page and catalog of information that that we want you to use. We want you to embed the video on your website. We want you to use the content that we have because, again, it helps tell the story. It helps scale the message. And, you know, if we can we can raise that tide, you know, we'll we're going to benefit a lot of people. And thirdly, a lot of the conversations I have from contractors talk about getting involved in their community. So we can always double check the school contacts we have. So if we already have someone who's reached out for information from us and they're, and they're in our database, 
that's an easy connection to make to say, hey, Ryan, I know that your plumbing business is in Minneapolis. It just so happens we've already made contact with the high school. So if we're focused on building those partnerships specifically at a high school level to build that talent pipeline, then we can help facilitate that. Okay. So let me ask the other side of that same question, which you kind of started dipping your toe into. I would imagine similar to me that there's people listening right now that are education adjacent, let's say, either uh, their family or their neighbor or somebody works in a school system um, that would be impacted for the better by the work you do. What is, is there a good resource that you can point people who are education oriented to learn more about Explore the Trades, uh, learn how you can help them get the resources you provide? How would those people learn more? Yeah, you know, I I think my answers would mirror Okay. those those for the contractors. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um this is really cool. If somebody wants to learn more about explore the trades, about if they want to talk to you or if there's someone else on the team, it, is there a do you just want to point them to the website or how's the best way for somebody to learn more about the impact that your organization can make? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is explore the trades org. Our phone number is listed. And if you want to email me, my email is kateC at explorethetrades.org. So always a direct email for sure. And that's Kate with a K, K-A-T-E, correct? Yes. You got it. Yep. Uh, the phone number, I will read it out. I'm assuming this is right because it's on your website. So hopefully it's okay. <laughs> yes, uh, it the, is. Uh, the 651-789-8518. Yes, right? that's it. That's it. 651-789-8518 um, and explore the org. Yes. Um, Kate, you're doing really amazing work. It's an awesome organization. Um, I'm so glad we can get you on here because I know you're you're obviously extremely busy. Thank you for being generous with your time. This was awesome. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. This episode was hosted by Ryan Redding, author of the book on digital marketing for plumbing and HVAC contractors. This show also includes much help from Shelby Nichols. You can subscribe to Blue Collar CEO on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us online at bluecollar.ceo and find us on Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. 